Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 57 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about equipping and inspiring you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of. In this episode, we've got a guest from Canada. Rena Chong is a life coach, born and raised Calgarian, whose wisdom stems from growing up underprivileged and an only child raised by her single mother. In this episode, Brandon and I are going to ask Rena to tell us about her childhood growing up, what inspired her to break out of corporate life and live life as an entrepreneur, and also her new adventures in helping people live life filled with fitness and health. Here we go. Welcome back to Beyond the Rut. Just like I said in the intro, no different. In any case, I, <laughs> I still have with us Brandon Cunningham, the mastermind behind the show. How are you doing, Brandon? Just mastering my mind. There you go. That's all we ask for. Master that mind. And with us is that special guest, business and life coach, Rena Chong from RenaChong.com, calling in via Skype from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. How's it going, Rena? It's cold. No. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, you guys. It's truly an honor to be on your show. You guys are really putting content out there that the world and the modern day society is ready for. And uh, thanks for taking time to check me out. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we actually discovered you through an article you'd just written called uh, Getting Out of the Financial Rut. I, I, I'm paraphrasing the title, but mm -hmm. I, I just Googled Beyond the Rut, and your article is one of the top ones to pop up that week. And I was like, this is a great article. And then we're like, let's reach out to her. And then, wow, she's got so much going on in her life. And then we're like, okay, here we are. We're interviewing. There so you go. I'm, I'm excited too. Thank you. Cool. Now, we always love to kick off our episodes with a little icebreaker so that our listeners and even Brandon and I get to know you a little bit more on a human level. And at the same time, we get to you know poke fun at Brandon. <laughs> So if you're that's ready. always fun. Yeah, that's the funnest part for me. <laughs> you can listen to my other podcast, makingfunofbrandon.com. <laughs> that would be cool. It'd just Okay, it'd be nothing but outtakes of us making fun of you. Yeah, I'm going to go buy that domain now. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> All right. So we established in episode 55 that Brandon is a huge fan of Renee Zellweger. <laughs> and uh, the only movie he's watched of hers repeatedly is Bridget Jones's Diary. So with that said, uh, what is your favorite Renee Zellweger film? And what is it that draws you to that film so much? I think it would be the same one. And she's got a new one coming out with the baby. So I, I like it because she plays a real girl, you know, a real woman going through real dating dilemmas. And, uh, you know, watching her, that movie, I thought, oh, my gosh, like I've actually gone through some of that, you know, eating ice cream, listening to Celine Dion and falling, <laughs> you know what I mean? Running outside in your underwear. But no, um, yeah, no, I, I think she's – I love all her movies, but I think that one, Bridget Jones' Diary, was my favorite. I mean, it, it was just so real, you know, and, uh, yeah, I think it taught a lot of women, you know, different things about – themselves and dating and how to and just you know how to get over things so I'm really excited to check out her new movie and uh you know especially with the two men in her life I love them so yeah <laughs> oh, okay 
That's awesome. funny that we spend so much time and energy and, and money to kind of Photoshop and make everybody perfect. But the real world wants real people. They want those real stories right. out there. Yeah. yeah. And I, cause you know, I'm married and my wife left the books, Bridget Jones's diary. And <laughs> what was the second one? I, f- I guess Bridget Jones's next diary. In any case, I, I really liked how the, the story was narrated in the books that it really shows that struggle the character has with the, the fictional like make-believe world, the fantasy world of marketing. Like women have to look a specific way, say a certain thing, talk a certain way. And then when you hear the internal dialogue of Bridget Jones, she's the complete opposite. She just wants to be normal and and eat ice cream and be herself and be noticed for her Mm -hmm. while everybody else is calling her fat and stuff like that. And I'm thinking Renee's going to be on the show probably in a couple of months. I know she was busy with some other stuff, but I'm I'm sure as soon as she gets caught up on the podcast, she'll know we've been talking about her and decide to call in. And, it's two episodes and, in a row, man. There you go. <laughs> if her people want to contact us, they can do that. If we don't get Renee Zellweger on the show, we're going to at least have the world convinced you're a real diehard Renee Zellweger exactly. fan, Brandon. That's, that's what I'm going for. I'll start posting pictures of my wall of Renee and all of my pictures. Oh, okay, that's getting creepy. <laughs> yeah, okay, we've crossed the line now. When the show went too far, yeah. this was it. That was the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Rena's like, never mind. I got to go. I got an emergency. <laughs> now, by trade, Rena is a business and life coach. And, uh, you know, we got a chance to get to know her before we did this interview. And growing up in Calgary, uh, you know, life was a bit tough for her. So, so Rena, can you tell us a bit about some of the things that you faced while growing up? And then what was that moment in your life when you drew a line in the sand and said, that's it, I'm, I'm getting out of this rut and I'm making a life different for myself? Okay, well, I had quite a few ruts. So um, I'll take you back to when I was a little girl and um, you'll see how everything ties in. Now, most girls when they were young would play with a doll or played kitchen, pretend cooking, pretend housewife. Oh, no, no, no. For me, I was playing boss. I was sketching out fashion <laughs> designs. Yes. I, had little, I had a little briefcase for my pretend meetings. I would get dressed up professionally. I would even take sunglasses and pop out the lenses so I could look more sophisticated. Oh, there you <laughs> I'd have my calculator and play a store, scanning all the groceries and handling play money, giving great customer service to my imaginary customers. And as an only child, I really learned to play on my own very well. So then when it came time to play dates, I actually found that I couldn't spend more than an hour with someone until I got bored of them or was annoyed even at how they played pretend anything. And (laughs) You know, that came from me having to really grow up on my own. I I matured very fast because I had to be my own guide. My mom was off, uh, you know, going through her own stuff and, you know, divorce and all that. And because I was an only child, I think I would, I think people think I was spoiled and, uh, it really was the complete opposite, but, uh, I wasn't exposed to much sharing until I was put into daycare. And, um, you know, because my mom had it pretty rough when my father left her, uh, took he took off back to Malaysia and in the late 70s, you know, things weren't easy for an Asian woman in Calgary with no education, very little English, no trust and uh, lack of ambition and and then eventually a victim mentality, right? Mm-hmm. right. 
So I couldn't even imagine what my mom went through, the loneliness, the hurt, betrayal, and then becoming so jaded and not trusting anyone and not even me. So my mother was an extremely hard worker. She never missed a day of work, not even if she was sick. I mean, I watched her day in and day out work at a job that was minimum paid just to put a roof over our heads and have me in daycare. And, um, you know, we really lived in poverty. And then she fell ill and was hospitalized. And uh, I was in and out of foster care and so on and so forth. I'll skip through some of the details here because I know we only have a short time. So <laughs> I'll save that for my book. Wink, wink. Yeah, there, no. you there, go. Go. there we go. There we go. And real quick, Rena, just to kind of break into that story, there's a lot of people that think, well, if you don't have the perfect setting, if you don't have a, a mom and dad and, you know, the white picket fence and, and money and, and the great education that your kids are, are going to be ruined. And I think you're a great example of, you know, your mom didn't have some of the material things that maybe we think we need to give our kids, but she had that work ethic. And that's where your energy and your passion come from as you watched her, like you said, go to work every day because that's what you had to do. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, she, my, I was the kid in school that had the pink slip that said, Oh, sorry. I you know, I couldn't go on a ski trip. Right. Oh yeah. You know? So right. as a older, you know, I practically raised myself. I mean, my mom was, kind of in her own world. So for me, I really strive for a normal life. And when I mean normal, I mean what all my normal friends were conditioned to do by their parents. It was to, you know, go to school, get a job, get married, buy a house, have a baby and pay off debt for the rest of our lives, right? <laughs> exactly. It's not only the American dream, it's the Canadian dream. Yeah, exactly. Who would have thunk it, huh? No idea. I tried to say I'm- A and I stopped myself and it came out, huh? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That's okay. So, you know, when I was growing uh, mentally and emotionally, I really took it upon myself through Oprah's guidance. And I spent a lot of time soul searching and was huge on personal development. You know, one of the very the very first books I picked up was uh, Gary Zukav's Seed of the Soul. And then that led me to John Miguel Ruiz, Napoleon Hill, Dale Carnegie, and so many other amazing thought and business leaders. And it just opened my mind into another realm. So as far as doing things the way we were supposed to, I actually ended up having a son at a very early age who is now 20. He's amazing. But again, that is also for another conversation. So, And that's a really uh, funny part of this story because you're only 25 and he's 20. And we're like, wait a minute. How's this work out? Magic. I only turned 23. Okay. So, um, so, you know, um, So the minute I finished college, I got into the corporate world. I was so proud, you know, wearing my big girl designer suit and finally some real heels and glasses with real prescription lenses. (laughs) (laughs) I was (laughs) I was exposed to so many industries from tech companies to accounting firms and I was heavy into oil and gas and I got into healthcare. So there's a bit of a pattern from my early years. You know, I always overperformed, I got bored easily, and I always saw a grander vision for the companies I worked for. I mean, I I was never diagnosed with ADHD, but what always happened in that (laughs) office, you know, eventually without fail was my colleagues would ask, you know, what, what are you doing here? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm here because I need to feed my addiction, you know, the two week paycheck. So like everyone else, right. And, and I soon realized that I didn't really have a purpose in the companies. I mean, I had a purpose for the company's mission. 
But then I started to realize that all of my dreams as a young girl were being overruled by someone else's dreams. I mean, think about it. When you go for your nail-biting quarterly review, does your boss ever ask you what your personal goals are? Right. Of course not. Why, why would they? You are there to build their empire. You are just a number to them that either performs or you get booted out of the system. And they only train and develop you just enough so that you're confined to their corporate walls with their corporate rules. And they pay you just enough so that you keep coming back every week, you know, and um, they could let you go in an instant. I can imagine there's a lot of people listening to this going, wait, she's talking about me. And (laughs) and she literally is because it, it includes both Jerry and I at one point in our life, we felt the same way. We're here feeding your dream, not our own. And that's not a good way to live. Mm. So, you know, I'm not sure if you guys follow what's happening in Alberta, but we're going through another recession and uh, since last year, and there's no sign of recovery yet. And this time it's hitting people harder than 2008. So I don't want to get into that. But, you know, I saw how hard my mom worked and I followed suit. But as a child, I remember that I had such big dreams, even to be the next mother Teresa. And let me tell you, I must have been a comedian that day because everyone laughed at that. But... <laughs> You know, as I got older, my dreams kept getting bigger and bigger. But as I kept working for someone else, you know, their dreams were coming true and mine were drifting further and further away. Yep. You know? That's classic. Most people, I think, that listen, especially listen to this podcast, but most people in the world feel that way. It's like, I really ultimately want to be A, but I'm spending all my time doing B because I got to feed my kid. I got to, you know, pay for the car, the house, the stuff that I bought. So I don't have that option. Mm-hmm. You know, which is fine because you know what? I'm sorry. You come home, you put your kids to bed at seven or eight. You've got from eight till 1 a.m. to work on something else that could potentially free you from your nine to five. Right. right? So for me, there were. Uh, a couple of realizations during my corporate days, besides my dreams just being crushed, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, first off, the system is designed to keep you in the system. You know, uh, like my mom worked so hard and she was so devoted to her company. And then, boom, one day the de- they, deci- they, bleh, they decided to close their doors. And that was the end of that after two decades of service from her. So what could she do now? Wow. You know, her J-O-B that she had... Uh, on that assembly line was all that she knew and she had no training in anything else. Now she was older. She didn't have any other skills. Her English, even after 25 years, was not very good. She still had health issues from before and that was it for her. So, And this happened actually um, as we were entering into the 21st century and it really made me think back then like, is anything even really secure? And and I'm not even talking about the recession, you know. People just don't plan for the future and – you know, they really learn the hard way when, when you know, <laughs> okay, I was just yeah. going to swear, but I'm not, like, I'm hits a fan, you know? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we work for these corporations, the big ones, and we think, well, they're always going to be around. You know, I've got a good friend, his dad worked for Enron and, you know, they were, they were huge. They, they owned the United States as far as oil and gas services. And yeah. they were the company that could never fail. You've got AIG, you've got these companies that well it would never end and then one day you walk in and you you're handed a pink slip because like you said you're working for their dream so you're no longer needed they can just let you go it's not that big a deal but you decided that's not how you're going to live and i love the concept of when you put the kid to bed you can you can work on you 
And, and that's a key point to getting out of the rut. Some people think, well, you got lucky or maybe something happened or you won the lottery or whatever it was. It's, no, it's hard work because there was nobody watching you from eight to one. There was nobody there whenever you wanted to just go to bed or watch TV or eat a tub of ice cream and watch Netflix instead of working on you. But you did it anyway. Yeah, no, exactly. There's no excuses. I mean, you know, when when you're in a situation that you don't like, you know, you I, I did anything to get out of it. You know, I'd been laid off once and never mind that, you know, when I needed time off from work to get a dent get to dental appointment, that was like pulling teeth, right. no pun intended. Right. But you know, when my son was sick and I needed to stay home with him, how guilty would I have to feel about that? You know, when I had right. the chance to go on vacation and, you know, I wanted to stay longer than what I could take off from work, how happy do you think I was to cut my personal time short to come back to work? And, uh, you know, I was just sick and tired of being under someone else's thumb. Right. That That's such a great place to be to get out of that rut. So it'd be great if we all just said, you know, I'm from day one, I'm working on my dream, but most people don't get to do that. Most of us got to that place where we're sick and tired of devoting most of our time to somebody else's dream. And, you know, we had uh, Jamie Rodriguez on in an earlier episode, and she described walking up the stairs, like, you know, checking back into prison every day, yeah. you know, and it's like, why am I doing this? I'm voluntarily walking in and closing the cage and sitting here for eight hours rather than work on my dream. Exactly. And, you know, I think it takes a lot of courage because, you know, you're coming into the unknown. But, you know, what What was huge for me was, you know, the personal development that I did. And I practiced CANI, which is C-A-N-E-I, um, which is a practice that my current mentor teaches people that stands for constant and never-ending improvement. Because once you get to the point wow. where you know your self-worth, you're not going to, you're not going to stay for anything, no matter how much a company pays you, you know, or in relationships, you're not going to stay in a relationship, no matter how much property you guys own or whatever, because you know your worth and and you're going to go out there and get it, right? Exactly. <clears throat> Sorry. I guess I hadn't spoken in a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's your turn. <laughs> uh, so, so you had that realization that you were putting a lot of your youth into helping somebody else's dream come to fulfillment. You're basically trading your life away for somebody else's dream. So what steps did you take besides the the continuous self-improvement what was that first step into pursuing your dream like? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Um... I'll tell you exactly what happened. You know, I was at work and the pressure was on, you know, I was stressed out, but I was getting my work done and I was feeling 
really proud about what I was doing. So we were um, uh, implementing a whole new registration system for students. And so, you know, that was a huge uh, intake for me. So, but the thing is, you know, I, I just got my work done and I was practically dancing in the office. And, you know, now that I look back, like I must have really annoyed the crap out of the negative Nelly in the <laughs> office that just hated their lives. Like you said, you know, oh, being yeah. in jail and treating people in the office so poorly, I often wondered, you know, how did they treat their family? So soon enough, and this, and I remember this day, I got pulled into my boss's office and he says to me, you know, people in the office are saying that you're not doing your work and you're visiting too much. (laughs) What's going on? You know, I was stunned. Here I was, stressed out as any other, but you would never know. It's just that I chose to be happy about it. You know, I just looked at him and was like, just, just shocked, you know? So I showed him my report on our project management system. And he was actually quite impressed that I was ahead of my timeline and how I was actually waiting for others to complete their tasks so I could move on to my next. I also told him that my visiting other people was because I was offering assistance to them and they were showing me what they needed done. So, you know, that was that. I packed up my office that day and I left. And <laughs> I love it. I mean, granted, there were many other factors that made my decision, but that was just his lucky day. So, you know, I just never fit into the corporate mold. My personality was too big. So I ventured off and I started my own personal shopping business. I, you know, I was a personal stylist. So ever since then, you know, then I started dabbling in, um, some direct selling companies. Um, you know, one of my first ventures into entrepreneurship was with a skincare company. I saw the vision. I liked the freedom. I liked that I wasn't capped at how much I could potentially make. I love the people and the culture. But the only problem at that time was that I was still using my high-end designer brand skincare. So obviously that didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Your your positive uh, attitude and your outlook on the world was not conducive to the prison life. You know, it's like you just don't fit in here, which is, is great. You know, it, it, it was a huge change for you, but I think most of us can probably remember a time when we're working somewhere and you're just like, I don't fit in here. This, I have too big of an outlook on the world to just sit here and say, you know, life stinks and, you know, we don't make enough money and the boss is terrible. And it's like, I don't want to live like that. But they do it because it's comfortable, you know, right. and breaking free from that is the unknown, right? And it's, it's, that that fear holding them back, right? And you're standing on the ledge and it's like, just jump, you know, just yeah. jump, just do it. Worst case scenario, you know, you hit the ground, but that that's still better than wasting the 80, 90 years that you have on the planet. It's like, go do something. And, and you had that in you. I want to go do something that people remember or at least feel the impact of whether they remember my name or not. No one's going to remember the desk you sit in or the the paycheck you got from that company. They're going to remember the way you made them feel. And when you made that decision, it changed everything. I know we're making it sound a little quick and a little easy, but once you made that decision, you became who you are today. Oh, and I I failed at so many things, you know, and so... You know, when I look back, I I thought, okay, let me go back to my roots. And because I developed emotionally so fast, I was that girl in grade school that, you know, had the box on her desk for people to put questions in anonymously, almost (laughs) like the doctor, um, you know, that's on Charlie Brown. Not sure if you guys are old enough to remember that. Lucy. (laughs) 
And I would read them out loud and um, answer them in front of the class. And it just impacted, you know, these young kids' lives, right? And Because uh, I just always felt like such an older spirit. But, you know, funny how I became self-employed as a life and business coach and, uh, you know, help people step out of their fear and into their greatness. So from the top of the left of Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, do you guys know that one? Yes. You know, I was an employee and then I broke free and I moved down to the bottom left-hand corner of the quadrant to self-employed. But then really now I just own my job. (laughs) And then things changed again. So, you know, that's why I give you a history of my childhood because, you know, I just, if I didn't like it, I was out. Right. I love the fact that uh, this word that you keep using, out, you're, you're kind of pronouncing strange, but I assume it's the Canadian in you. I <laughs> to love her, that. it's normal. I know. It, it's it's <laughs> like water, W-A-D-E-R, but most people spell it W-A-T-E-R, but in Texas, it's W-A-D-E-R, because we say water. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> A little brief interlude into language. I don't know. I have ADD, too, so I'm, hey, look, squirrel, something shiny. That I am leaving in this episode. I just want you to know that Absolutely. that is staying in this episode. Oh so the new gosh. arena is formed, and then what What exactly is going on in your life now? Like, what do you do now on a day-to-day basis? What wakes you up in the morning? Well, I got to I gotta go back to when you guys had first contacted me. Um, my mother's health had always been an issue throughout her entire life, and a lot of it had to do with her mental and emotional state. She was always worried. She was always negative, so jaded and focused <laughs> on everything that was bad and everything that could go wrong. And when I lived in Vancouver, she would call me up and tell me that she saw in the news that some man was abducting people and taking them into their cars and told me not to go with them mm-hmm. if that happened. I'm like, Sounds like mom, my mom. <laughs> Sounds like old, most moms. You know? Jerry, stay away from girls. They'll give you diseases and you'll die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. propagate the species, mom. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. You know, what? you know what? Yeah. Thoughts are things and your cells become what your thoughts are. So if you're negative all the time, your thoughts become sick. And that's because that is what you think them to be. So mm-hmm. one day, I know this is coming up to when you guys contacted me, a friend of mine who was an insurance agent came over to me to sell life insurance. And I was all for it. I called my mom. I told her that I'd pay for her premiums, but she didn't want to do the medical. So a couple of years later, she fell ill with nasopharyngeal cancer. So mm-hmm. right in the face, right by her brain. And she didn't have any coverage. She didn't have any life insurance. No critical illness nor any disability coverage. So thankfully she beat her cancer and she's still alive today. But I do most of the heavy lifting for her. So um, you know, it's been it's been tough, especially as an only child, you know, and I feel so bad for her because the only joy she had besides working and contributing to society was her love of food. And she could out eat anybody. And <laughs> because of the radiation now, she can't taste anything. And oh. Yeah, so it's tough. But, and now she uh, eats bread and rice just to make her tummy feel full. And so that ties into everything as well. So as life went on, opportunities presented themselves and there are no coincidences in life. So I decided to get my life license and become an insurance agent. Obviously trying to save people from the hardships that I went through with my mother and the way, you know, and and. and the thinking that, oh, it's never going to happen to me, right? So Mm -hmm. I did my due diligence after going through a few companies, learning about each product. And uh, so when you found my article, I was with a company that I thought for sure it was it. This was my home. I was building a team. I had, you know, the true components of network marketing because I love that. I love their structure, compensation. You know, I loved going around educating people, 
and helping them read their fine print of the contract because, you know, <laughs> what's on the contract will win in court. And people, exactly. you know, as you probably on the news, you know, there's so many policies that are lapsing or not getting paid out or, or getting paid out what they or not getting paid out what they said they would. Right. So it was really rewarding for me. And, uh, you know, everything that I've done in life is in direct correlation of what my mother didn't do. And because I saw how difficult life was for her, all I knew was that I didn't want to have her life and I had to do the opposite. And uh, so that's why I stay as positive as I can, why I'm always so open to new opportunities, open to learning. I always see the good in everything and uh, probably why I got so independent. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes it's just necessity. You're like, I, I'm going to go the opposite. I, I've said many times, I'm the dad I am because I kind of went the opposite of everything my dad did. You know, just yeah. make make the the total left to every right turn they take. Right. So remember when I was talking about the cash flow quadrant, I was at the top left as an employee, blah, 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 and then I went down to owning my own business. But, you know, I think many people get that confused um, with an entrepreneur, a true entrepreneur is a business owner where they own a system like Bill Gates. He owns a system. He doesn't have to go into the office ever. When he sleeps, he makes money. When he blinks, he makes money. Even when he vacations, he makes money, right? So a friend of mine said the other day that even if you make minimum wage in your sleep, you are ahead of the game, you know, and and I love it. But I was well on my way and then my mother fell ill again and this time it was really different. She was in hospital for a week. I went to visit her. She looked like a corpse lying there. I walked in on her sleeping one time and she was she looked like a corpse. She was so fragile and weak and she was only 30 kilograms with pneumonia and you know pneumonia can get the best of anyone. Even right. healthy people, right? So never mind someone with a weak immune system. I was horrified. I was in tears. I had never prayed so hard in my life. Um, and she had a roommate that was a lady. She was just a big blob. Like, honestly, that was the only way I could explain what she looked like. She was the complete opposite of my mom. And she was a recovering, you know. And I said, are you okay? You know, and she just had colon cancer. So they had that removed. And you know, I said, she's like, oh, yeah, the doctor said that, you know, I'll be fine. And I was like, what? I asked the nurse. I'm like, when she came in, I asked her, I said, how's my mom doing? She's like, oh, she's fine. I said, really? Because she doesn't look fine. She's skin and bones. Does that look fine to you? And that was it. I knew I had to do something. I, it wasn't health care any longer. It was sick care. Mm-hmm. Right. And and then obviously, you know, I was faced with some of my ha- own health issues and, and everything. So that kind of prompted me to get back into health and wellness. That's great. So how... how not the illness part. But yeah, the, not you, the illness part, <laughs> but the fact that it prompted you into doing... And I think that's key is, is whatever we face, hopefully it will prompt you into doing something, taking action and not just being the victim. Like you said, we've all got examples of people in our lives that, well, if you do this, you're going to die. If you do this, you're going to break a leg or whatever. It'll fail. It's like you, you have to take action based on whatever your circumstances are. Don't just sit there and live in it, but use it as fuel to, to get where you want to go. Exactly. It's definitely inspired me because, you know, what what I went through and my mom, you know, in the last two months, well, a couple months ago, you know, five people that I knew, some of friends of friends, uh, literally just dropped dead. And, you know, there's a disconnect in our in our system and something's missing. And I decided that praying wasn't cutting it. I needed an answer to my prayers. So out of the blue, 
a dear friend of mine from San Diego, um, you know, he knew what was going on. So he had recommended me to a holistic doctor in my mom's hometown in Malaysia. And uh, this doctor, Dr. Rajan, he specializes in the effects of carbohydrates on the metabolism. And so we connected over the phone and we hit it off immediately. And we spoke for nearly an hour. And oh my goodness, I learned so much from him. And I was like a magnet to his genuine kindness and authentic desire to help someone he didn't even know. Like, he, wow. he, he doesn't even know me. So he sent me some bottles of this Emulin Plus for me and my mother to try. And I did my research on him and on his company and on Emulin, and I was so impressed. And, you know, also the health and wellness industry is projected to be a trillion-dollar industry by 2020. You know, diabetes is on the rise. Inflammation is in all of us. How much? Well, most of us, we don't know. You know, it doesn't <laughs> even come up on your medical, right? And that's why right. people are just dropping dead. So, and my mother never took my advice on anything. And um, <laughs> she would only listen to the doctors and, right. uh, and, and take what the doctors prescribe for these drugs. And I think she had a pretty, uh, a pretty big scare this time around because this time, she actually allowed me to go grocery shopping for her and I took that list of what Dr. Rajan <laughs> recommended. Yeah, and and I went to the store. I got a number from the butchers to make her some beef broth and the number that came out was number 11. And if you, well, you'll get to know me but all, you know, I see 11 11s all the time and that's just another sign to me that, you know, I'm on the right path and that things were about to change in my life, my mother's life and for everyone. Wow, that's great. I love the fact that, you know, you recognize there is, you know, there's an inherent sense in the medical industry to project and propel the medical industry. So, you know, we, we need you to do this. So we make money off of this and we kind of keep it going. Not all medical industry is bad, but I, I get frustrated when you watch TV late at night and there's a commercial for some drug, some lawyers trying to get you to call him because they're suing the drug company. So what we're taking today, two or three, maybe five years from now, you might find out was causing the problem that you're having. And now there's a lawsuit. And so there's just too many drugs. And, and I, I think the, the concept of holistic getting back to our roots of, you know, what your grandparents ate and your great grandparents, you know, they lived for thousands of years without taking some of these drugs. And now we have an epidemic of cancer. So there's got to be some correlation to not eating uh, mm -hmm. real food and, and having real nutrition to being sick all the time. No, exactly. And, uh, you know, for, for myself, like I, you know, I'm pretty active, you know, there's a little bit of the muffin tops that I've been trying to shake off. Right. But, um, when I took this Amulin and I got my mom on it, you know, I noticed a significant difference in my energy. I usually do a napping meditation between one and 3 PM and I didn't feel the urge to nap. My clarity was better. My cravings for sweets and carbs decreased. I dropped a few pounds. And I remember giving a girlfriend of mine just one of these pills to taste. And she was bouncing off the walls that afternoon. But guess what? <laughs> <laughs> there's no caffeine in it. So right. there, there's no spikes. It's all vegan. So actually pregnant women and breastfeeding moms could take it too. So my mom felt better. She's finally um, feeling full from the pea protein shakes um, that he sent her along with some other holistic medicine that he's not, that's not even on the website. And after nine days, I actually fit into a dress that I wore one time in Chicago 15 years ago. Wow. I'm like, what, what is this? Like, it's not a shake. There's no crazy diet change. There's no workout video. And because we are on such a, you know, we're in such a go, go, go kind of world, you know, everything's about convenience. So I knew mm -hmm. right then and there that this was something very special and something that needed to be in my cupboards. But guess what? 
it was only sold in Malaysia. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just yeah, I don't you know I believe in serendipity. And my best friend Costaguerra, he's an angel in so many lifetimes. You know, he consults for Igalen, and that's how he knew about this product and how it would work for me. And oh my gosh, I could cry telling you this, but you know, this product had no plans to launch in Canada, but because of the epidemic that's happening in Canada with heart disease, diabetes, obesity, you know, inflammation is one of the major culprits and the partner in crime is not fat, it's sugar and it's refined carbs that we start each day with. Bread, cereal, pancakes, waffles. Well, I don't, but anyways, you know. What about, I was going to say, that's lunch? quite the diet. <laughs> but what about lunch and, and dinner with rice and noodles and pasta? It all turns into sugar. So would you guys take 10 teaspoons of sugar for breakfast? Try really hard not to ever, but I don't I don't need a lot of sugar at all anyways. So. Yeah, but, you know, people are, you know, getting triple fat mocha extra grande latte, you know, with extra whipped cream, you know, all this excessive consumption of these types of foods, um, you know, the refined carbs can lead to inflammation leading to disease and some of them can be life-threatening such as, you know, what, you know heart disease, diabetes, my, my mom and her cancer because she always ate rice and noodles because she couldn't taste anything so she needed to fill her, her mm, belly but it yeah. was affecting her on such a um, – right you know, on such a, uh, inside level where, you know, it's just, it was just empty calories. Right. And it was depleting her body of, you know, it's vitamins and minerals and, oh, it's just, yeah, it's bad. Right. Yeah. Well, that is such a great story. And, and you, of course, we're thrilled to death that you joined us today and, and shared all of this, but the people that are listening, what's the best way to get a hold of you and stay connected with you as, as, as we're certainly going to do and see where this journey takes you from here? Uh, so, uh, the best way to get a hold of me is to email me at rinachong at live.com. Um, I also have the igalen.com website, but if you go through the website, it will connect you to Malaysia. So the easiest way to connect if you're from Canada or the U S is through, um, our Facebook page and our Twitter, which is at igalen global. Okay, so, cool. Great. We're not launching till January, so you know anyone that's interested, uh, the train the train is ready to go. So get on it. And then you've got RenaChong.com, which is where all of your writing yeah. and and your yeah. your interests all lie in the same place. Yeah, that's you know that's where my business, my personal stuff. But I Galen's my new it's my new focus, and I do have to update all of my social networks. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Well, that's awesome. So, and and we learned, I don't think this was part of the recording, but I know when we first started talking, you talked about it's winter in Canada. So what's next for you today? It's a, it's a Saturday here in uh, Corpus Christi, but uh, there it's winter. So what are you going to do later today? Well, it's sunny. I, you know, go, I just got back from my run. So I'm going to have a shower, get ready. I've got a birthday lunch and then just work. Yep. That's great. See, there's no time off. It's just keep working on your dreams. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, but you guys, thank you so much for having me. You guys are awesome. I had such a great time with you guys and, you, you know, keep putting out this great content. Thank we'll do, you. Oh, Jinx. You said, no, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Rena. It was a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on episode 57 of Beyond the Rut Podcast. If you like what you heard, share us with your family, your friends, and that neighbor across the street. Now, if you want to connect with Rena, 
Go to our show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 057. You'll find links to her website, her social media, and all that good stuff. Plus, we'll also have links to some of the books that were mentioned in today's episode. We'll catch you on the next episode. Keep on making your own path to break out and live life beyond the rut. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showvian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.